spied it was six for 19 around eight minutes into the fourth quarter. So it, I thought it was great that for whatever reason, and I think that was probably the game plan that the Kings stifled their guards. I just, I would hope that people now look at those Houston Rockets games as just simply put is Houston is a good team this season. I think they're on like a six game winning streak now. Um, they're not a fucking joke. If you want to continue making money, you have a whole next generation of Kings fans that are probably going to have kids themselves who are also going to going to be talking about the beam. It's like, why not? Why would you not keep the beam going? Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings cast. It's daily. Along with my co-pilot, Elizabeth, what's happening? What's up? Kings just beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. First quarter, dad strength of the Aaron Fox is back. Keegan hits a mid-range jumper. Five minutes and change to go. Keon Ellis, Sasha Monk joined Domas and Keegs. Interesting note, Keon Ellis came in ahead of Davion Mitchell, who actually didn't even play today. Uh, very interesting. Sasha hits two threes. Monk hits a three as well. At the end of the quarter, Fox had seven. Domas had 11 points on four for four shooting. And Sasha had eight points. Second quarter, Fox, Duarte, Lynn, Monk, and Sasha start. Uh, Fox slips a nice pass to Lynn for a dunk. Fox hits a midi over Jarrett Allen. Duarte has three fouls in roughly three minutes. Duarte gets a layup off that Kevin Herter zoom action play that Kevin Herter always uses. Nine minutes to go. Domas, HB, and Keon join Monk and Duarte. Domas, Keegan, and Herter all hit threes. And at the end of the half, Fox and Keegan hit threes as well. Offense was obviously clicking on all cylinders. Um, having De'Aaron come back uh, was perfect. I mean, he came out. He looked great. It looked like he hadn't missed five games. Like, there was no rust. He didn't look tired out there. Um, I love how aggressive he was early. Again, I love how aggressive Sabonis was early. Uh, Kevin Herter is just continuing to hit his shots. Same with Keegan. They're both getting it going, so that obviously helps. Um, but I'm going to talk strictly defense tonight because, holy fuck, Keegan Murray's defense tonight on Donovan Mitchell, he made Donovan Mitchell's life a living fucking hell all night. Like, point blank period. So shout out to Keegan. Um, I'm assuming he will probably be get the DPO K or C, is that what they're calling it? <laughs> um, I hear you. Well, it's a crown now, so it's oh DPOG, yeah, it's right? a DPOG it's a, crown, right? Yeah. So yeah, his just defense was just incredible. I mean, to have a guy like Donovan who can do anything, he can get to the basket, he could shoot the threes, he could do step backs. I mean, he could do a lot of different things with his game. So that is a tough assignment, especially for a second year player in Keegan Murray. And he went out there and he just completely handled it like a fucking pro. Like you would never, if you were just tuning into the Sacramento Kings for the first time, you would think that Keegan was like, you know what I mean? Like a veteran, like it's insane. So yeah, shout out to him for his defense. Just amazing. Um, hopefully Alex Lynn is okay. That looked pretty nasty. I'm hoping it's just like a minor sprain, uh, you know, cause he obviously went in. And I thought he obviously made an immediate impact getting that um, dunk off of De'Aaron Fox's assist. So hopefully it's nothing serious with him. But then, you know, JaVale McGee comes in and does his thing as well. So um, that's why it's kind of important to have your backup big secure. Because last year we watched 
you know what I mean? We watched so much of like, there was no backup big, like it was never secure. It was like between Metu, sometimes Lyles would, you know, Trey Lyles would do it. Alex Lynn finally was getting some burn towards the end of the season. So it was just kind of like a revolving door. We didn't know exactly who we were going to get, but now it's like, we know who our backup bigs are. There's no secret. There's no question about it. And they come in and they produce. So um, shout out to both of them for, you know, staying ready at all costs. And Sasha tonight, he looked so fucking great. That shot just comes off so damn quick. Like you cannot guard that. I love that he's shooting it with confidence. Like he's basically saying, like they were saying on the broadcast, like, if you're going to go under the screen on me, I'm going to fucking light that shit up. And I'm happy that he's doing that because he had some amazing threes tonight. So, uh, yeah, just a great team win. Um, I'm happy that Fox is back. And Will Z posted a tweet basically saying that, uh, you know, this was kind of perfect that year. And obviously we don't wish, you know, anyone to get hurt. But this team had to figure it the fuck out. You know, they had to go through those two hard games in Houston. And the last two games, you know, they... They figured it out. They looked great. On offensively, they were doing everything, and then defensively, they were coming together. And then to have Fox just inserted right back into this, I mean, you can't ask for anything better in that situation. We had, what, four guys score over 20 points tonight. That's just absolutely crazy. Uh, when you do that on any given night and you play defense, you're going to win a lot of games in the NBA. So, And again, we are now 4-1 and one at home, which is great. That's a great way to start off your season. You have to win games at home. You have to protect home court. So I'm I'm really happy with this win tonight. I think this is the best um, win so far this season. So like you said, that Keegan was bothering Donovan Mitchell all night. Uh, Spida was 6 for 19 around eight minutes into the fourth quarter. So it, I thought it was great that for whatever reason, and I think that was probably the game plan, that the Kings stifled their guards, which is what really makes Cleveland run, right? So both um, Garland – and Donovan Mitchell uh, were under like 36% from the field, which is fantastic. So who knows who gets the DPOG crown? But yeah, probably Keegan. So at the third quarter, Herder hits two threes. Kings start pulling away. In the fourth quarter, Monk comes in, and then we get the Monk and JaVale McGee connection with ends up in a pick and roll. JaVale signature dunk. JaVale did come in because Len did get injured. He got bumped in his right leg, so hopefully he'll be okay. Kings were up 17 with six minutes to go. Donovan Mitchell hits a motion three with Keegs on his hip. Keegs gets a nice seal off Donovan off a Donovan Mitchell spin move. Cavs cut the lead to 11. Fox gets a timely and one. And then Mark Jones hits its hits his uh quicker than gossip line. Herder hits a dagger through with 90 seconds to go. And wrap it up. Light the beam. You know how it goes. God, Mark Jones. I mean, you know, the the quicker than gossip line is great, but he dropped he, he took katie by surprise he dropped the tougher than two ply toilet paper that is like the funniest fucking thing i've ever heard like mark jones just continues to like drop gold when he does announcing like it's insane i was watching college football this weekend and he was doing a college football game too and i was like god we're so blessed like not only does mark jones do our games but he does so many games around the league he does football it's like he's just so good at what he does so it's like anything that he does it's just like how can you help but not want to listen to him speak? Because he just, he does his research. He just talks about so many different elements. So I just, I love it. And yeah, that, that line that he dropped, Katie was like, damn, like she was like, you threw, she started laughing. It's like, you threw me by surprise by saying that. So uh, yeah, I freaking love it. Um, just a great game, just an all around great game. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for these guys. Again, I mean, 
Fox coming back into the situation. He didn't have to do anything crazy. Uh, he just kind of got to come in, do what he needed to do. Um, again, I like that he started off the game aggressive. Uh, you know, once when him and Sabonis get aggressive, really, it just sets everything up for the rest of the team. So that it did tonight with Harris, or I'm sorry, with Keegan and Kevin Herter both, you know, doing their thing as well, especially from the three point line. So super, super proud of this team. Woo! I do believe, ladies and gentlemen, of the greatest city in the world, Sacramento, Macramento, California. It is indeed that time to sit and dine and wine and talk about the ass whooping they just put on the Cleveland Cavaliers. First things first. This was the biggest game of the year. Why was it so far? It wasn't the fact they won by a lot. It was the fact that finally we got the Keegan Murray game. All you heard all offseason from Mike Brown, Darren Fox, Rache, everyone, they said, if this team is going to take that next step, if the Kings are going to evolve like a beautiful swan swarming down the lake of the Sacramento River, they got to have Keegan Murray be the third guy, the third superstar. And Keegan Murray, he struggled early on. But Liz Sabonis, you kept hammering it. You kept hammering it. You kept on the. You kept hammering it. You said eventually the shot's gonna fall for Keegan. Eventually the shot's gonna fall. And tonight it fell. Twenty-five points, nine of thirteen from the floor. More importantly, five of eight from three. Keegan Murray. So good job, Keegan. Keep it going. Keep it going. Obviously, Herter played well again. Another 20-point outing for him. 7 of 11, 6 of 9 from 3. Red Velvet, he's welcome back in the mix again. And Social, and Bar West, and Tiger after dark. You can go have fun now, Kevin, because you are shooting the lights out. But more importantly, the Sacramento Kings? The same beam team that was the most efficient offense in NBA history is, dare I say it, I don't want to jinx this, but dare I put it out there in the universe for the whole world to see a defensive-oriented team? A defensive-oriented team. That was a great defensive game. That's the most complete defensive outing they've had so far. And everyone stepped up. Bashankov got involved. It sucked that Len got hurt. Hopefully, like you said, Liz, it's just a minor spring. But what a game. They needed this. Fox back. Got the leader back. But more importantly... If you're going to be a good team in the NBA, if you're going to be a great team in the NBA, just in general in pro sports, you must be willing to weather the storms. And the Kings, they had a bunch of storms to start the year. Went to Houston, got beat like they stole something. It was awful. But just a couple of days later, a week later, they're back to over 500. They weathered the storm. They conquered their own demons. The Kings are back. The beam team is back. We're back to over 500. The fucking Jets are on. You know how we always end these rants. Like the beam, baby. Shoot that purple laser in the sky. Lakers, next. Let's keep it going. Like the beam. I just, I would hope that people now look at those Houston Rockets games as just simply put, is Houston is a good team this season. I think they're on like a six-game winning streak now. Um, they're not a fucking joke. Uh, they completely embarrassed us, and they're continuing to do so uh, on a nightly basis to a bunch of teams now. So, like, that's why you can't take any team in the NBA lightly, but especially now the Houston Rockets, because they're led by a great head coach, put aside all the bullshit, you know, behind the scenes. He could still lead a damn team. And they got nice young pieces. They did the things right in the offseason and whatever you want to say. Um, so I hope people can now look at those games and not just, you know, everyone was like, trade this person. We're shit. We suck. Oh, we're done. Because people just want to do their weird shit after a couple bad games. But now, where are all those people at? Step the fuck up if you want to talk shit now, because I don't want to see you now on the timeline when you were saying, trade this person, do this, do that. 
now I don't want to see you celebrating all this shit now that we're, you know, doing our thing again. So that's just how the NBA works. You have a couple bad games, you come back. This is what great teams do. And they, they have a good couple convincing wins. So yeah, shout out to the beam team. And, uh, the Rockets also beat the Nuggets recently. So that's what I'm saying. They like, are <laughs> legit. Period. Yeah. I mean, when Keegan and Kev are going off together, um, yeah, like Daly said, this team's unstoppable. Like, especially when you're sprinkling in defense with this team, um, we were not making anything easy for the Cavaliers by any means. No. I mean, they got a few couple easy baskets things like that, that's going to happen when you play NBA teams because they're obviously going to throw a better offense at you. Um, but overall, I thought they did a great job on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he still had 22 points, but he was, let's see, oh, he was 7 of 21 from the field. I mean, that's insane for Donovan Mitchell. So that's Keegan. Keegan guarded him most of the game, and he was basically doing all he could. And then for Keegan to score 25 points on top of that while playing great defense, I mean, what more could you ask for a second-year player? I mean, he is the guy, another 37-minute game, to basically 38 minutes that he played tonight. He played 40 the other night. Um, we are literally watching Keegan grow before our eyes. Of course, he's going to have games where he struggles. That's okay. That's going to happen. He's a second-year player. But the fact that he's coming out and being asked to guard the team's best opposing player, like we had him on Steph for some games. Like, Stephen Curry's not an easy guard. You know what I mean? So... It's just, it's so nice to see um, these draft picks that we do have finally kind of starting to pay off. Yes, you know, like Tyrese Halbert had to be included in that trade and, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. shipped off, but that got us Sabonis. And it balances it out because now Sabonis is doing what he does on the floor and he just makes sh- stuff happen. He passes, he rebounds. I mean, it's absolutely insane what Sabonis does on a nightly basis. Um, he's basically a double walking double-double. He can just walk out of get out of bed and he's getting a double double tonight. He almost had another triple double. That's what's crazy. So uh, yeah, this team is just super, super deadly, obviously when all shots are hitting, um, but there's so many different options and that's kind of why people continue to say, Oh, Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes, like Harrison Barnes is the fifth option in this offense. That's what's insane. Like Kevin Keegan are over him. Harrison Barnes is kind of taking a back seat. And you know what? That's kind of fine because Harrison Barnes played 82 games last season, which is crucial because availability is the best thing in the NBA. Um, but maybe that can kind of get him going later on in the season as well when some of these guys are struggling. So, uh, you know, it's going to happen. But guys will step up on any given night. And tonight, you know, the starting basically five pretty much all stepped up and, you know, did their thing. So shout out to them. Uh, we all know that radio host, uh, I think, Alan Styles, he's new, right, at, at that radio station. And yes, he that controversial topic of – um, is the beam a shtick? Should they get rid of it, or do they keep it going whether or not the Kings have losing seasons? What's your take? I think that will be good for a while, so I don't really think it's much to worry about about like the Kings getting going from good to bad. I know that like JJ Reddick talked about that idea of like uh, last year a little bit with Kevin Herter about like the beam and whether that's something you want to keep going as time goes by. But I feel like it's just so ingrained with this current group of players and the coach. So I feel like as long as we have these guys, I don't see why we get rid of it. Yeah, 100%. Branzino, welcome, man. What's going on? They can't get rid of the beam because of the kids. It's a whole generation. Like, we see the little girl, she was crying uh, when Clay hit the shot. Crying like all of us. I think all of us cried like that. But 
Um, before that, you know, she was like the beam, like the is becoming, you know, a thing for the kids. You know, they're growing up in this. So to take that away, it just don't make no sense. You know, uh, this team ain't ever had momentum like this. I mean, I could be wrong, but uh, and the beam is part of it. Even on our timelines and stuff, I know there are fans of other teams that wish they could drop that like the beam hashtag because that's cool, especially when we win. Bro, that's really cool. So um, they can't do nothing with that. That's here to stay. And the kids are going to make sure, you know, that happens. You know what? I agree, Branzino. And Branzino, nice to match the uh, the voice to the profile pic. I appreciate you. Um Sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it's funny. I brought that up. I think I co-tweeted uh, the quote or whatever um, the guy said. And uh, I, I'm mutuals with a Portland Trailblazers fan. And she was like, yeah, well, uh, in Portland, we have streamers and it brings joy. And it's like, the beam brings joy. I'm sure uh, we should never get rid of the joy. Uh, plain and simple, but I, I thought it was a great thing that she said. Plain and simple, it makes people happy. It's pretty much a religious experience. And I'm glad Branzino brought up the kids. I mean, if you want to continue making money, you have a whole next generation of Kings fans that are probably going to have kids themselves. who are also going to going to be talking about the beam. It's like, why not? Why would you not keep the beam going? It's literally a tourist attraction. Now. Um, anybody who goes to Sacramento, I think that would be a cool thing to go see. Uh, if they had nothing better to do. So I just think as long as this like core is kind of together with like Fox and bonus and like Keegan and stuff like that, I think you do like, obviously if we're kind of like in the moments of like a downfall, like rebuilding type of situation, I'm not saying that's going to be anytime soon. So don't like come at me with that. Um, but you know what I mean? Like once we kind of start cooling off and you know, we're starting to wear down and we've had our good amounts of playoff runs and things like that. That's when I think it should you know, maybe work its way out, but I don't see that happening anytime soon, especially with, you know, the timeline that most of these guys are on, you know, they're basically the 25, 26 years old timeline. So this core is going to be around for a good fucking minute. So the beam is probably here to stay for at least a good five years, I would say. See, even then I'm even thinking that it should just be a tradition period. Even if it only gets lit 12 times a year and we're tanking to get a number one pick for some eight foot Wembenyama person that comes through the league. Fuck it. Let's just do it. You know what I mean? It just makes people happy. So if people are only happy 23 times a year with a 23-win team, hell with it. I don't know. I just think it's good for business. It's good for everybody, uh, especially uh, the businesses and restaurants at Doko mm -hmm. in the area. I don't know. It's something to think about. Um, I just think good, yeah, too, they kind of always come up with newer stuff, too. So we never know. They might think of something completely better. And you know what I mean? Like, because, you know, before, like, we had kind of, like, the scores, like, obviously there was nothing crazy with that, but everyone kind of bought into, like, when Harry Giles and all those guys were here, like, the scores are back in town and all the dancing that they would do, like, there's always some stuff that kind of, like, they continue to, like, do. Obviously, the beam is, like, something, you know, pretty, like, tremendous and crazy, but our, like, social media team, you know, those people that work that kind of stuff, like, they are very creative, so I have no doubt, like, eventually they're going to think of something else too. And it could be, I don't know what, because like the beam is like the coolest fucking thing, but we never know. They could think of something like even cooler than the fucking beam. You know what I mean? We just won't know until that time comes. Maybe it's going to be a drone show 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. The Venetian <laughs> fountains that are purple. I, I have no idea. Sorry, I'll see myself out. Anywho, uh, Amal, what's going on? Good to see you. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I would say, uh, like, um, it is with the new with the new kids and this crowd right now. Like with this core group of guys, like I think like the beam kind of stays. Um, and then if you like, you mentioned the person from the Blazers. They have streamers, and then the Warriors. I don't. I haven't been there lately, but. For a while, for like a few seasons, after every win, they would like, you know, blow those big confetti things like they had at, you know, the big Super Bowls and stuff. They blow confetti like you think they won the championship every time they won a game. So the beam is our thing. I think it's pretty cool. I play pickup ball a lot. And uh, when I'm on a little roll, like the guys I play with always tell me, hey, light the beam. So it's, we're, we're getting some attention for it. And, and hey, King, I don't want to, you know, I don't know if we're about to promote or not, but I got to say those uh King's Hill just came out with the light the beam shorts, which are pretty cool. So I think I might have to pick up some of those. But um, yeah, I mean, it's our thing, right? That's what we're we're, we're going to be known for winning and light the beam. Then let's take it. Um, and that Allen style guy, I think he does like to ruffle some feathers right now in Sacktown because uh, I don't know. The other day he was like trying to seemed like to me like he was trying to say that Draymond was getting uh, you know, not favoritism or something, or was getting picked on because that whole Donovan Mitchell thing, and then how they did the back track replay on the technical and got kicked out but hey draymond i think is trying to reap what he sows so uh i don't know if alan styles is trying to like get warrior king's fans a little riled up sometimes too online but uh, we'll, we'll we'll just leave it at that anything for ratings and clicks i suppose it is what it is yep. uh perneal what's going on welcome back oh what's up it's been a little bit since i've been on one of these but it's good to be back um so I want to start by like highlighting one of the things you guys talking about, which is the um, Kevin Hunter driving more to the basket. Um, I was like, I remember KFR talking about this a little bit, but that's like one of the new wrinkles that the coaching staff added over the off season. I think it's called the Spinalis, uh, Spinolis uh, action or Spinolis set. Oh, that action, looked, yeah. Yeah, I haven't looked into it much yet, but um, I know KFR made a video and I should watch the video for me, honest. But um, essentially it's like, a guard's just a down screen for Kevin. Kevin comes up off the screen, and then the DHO basically turns into like a pick and roll type of action where you have so bonus diving to the rim, Kevin Herter attacking the rim, and then Kevin has the option of taking the layup or hitting the dump off, similar to what Monk does a lot. And that sort of adds a wrinkle where Kevin, who's not super athletic, he gets a little bit of uh, gets a little bit ahead of steam from the defender from the down screen, and then he is able to get to the rim with pretty much no one on him and he has either has the option of going up or getting the layup and that adds more more to his offense rather than the three-point shot which as we know is very deadly when it's on and i thought this game in general was something that was going to come we were right now i think before this game we were second to last in three-point percentage we were second to last in field goal percentage this team is not 29th in either of those metrics this team shoots a lot better than that and I mean, this was just a game that needed to happen. We need to, like, sort of get back in the rhythm of things. Keegan's back, as you saw. Kevin Herter's back, as you saw. And as we get into a pretty tough stretch upcoming, you have the Dallas Mavericks, who look really, really good, with actual defenders around Luka and Kyrie in, like, three days. I mean, in at the end of this week. And then you have the Lakers. Um, and I think that the defensive activity needs to continue. You need to keep getting deflections. You need to keep getting contests. We don't really have elite personnel. I think Keegan Murray is on his way to becoming an elite defender. He looks amazing, by the way. But to be overachieve on the defensive end with maybe two really above average defenders in the rotation right now, you need to be you need to 
really hustle, meaning deflections, contests, and um, you need to get off, get, crash the boards, and you need to get on the floor. And I thought we did a little bit of better job against the Thunder than we did here. Um, but Keegan, as uh, as I said before, looked amazing. He was amazing on Donovan Mitchell. He needs to continue doing that. Keon looked good. Fox looked good. And I think a little bit of us not being as defensively active as we were on um, on Saturday was or Friday was the fact that the shot was falling. And that's a luxury that we will have going forward. And I think to really make an impact moving forward, we need to be a lot more active on the defensive end sort of overachieve where we are right now, which is, I think, like, sub-10s around the 20th, 20 range. Well, I think, too, like, the best thing, in a sense, that happened to this team, like, obviously, we never want Fox being hurt. Like, that sucks. But it kind of made these guys figure it out. But not only that, it got Keegan going and it got Kevin Herter going. Like, they had to step up because without those guys stepping up, we're not looking at the same record that we have now. Like, you're losing... Mm -hmm probably more games than we lost, you know, uh, just against the Rockets. So the fact that Fox got to come back into the situation where Keegan's now hitting his shots, Kevin's now hitting his shots, Sabonis was starting to be very aggressive off the get-go. Um, I mean, that was just like a recipe for success. Like Fox didn't have to be fourth quarter Fox tonight. He kind of just got to chill with, you know, everyone else and everyone else was doing their part. And like, obviously, yes, it's fun to watch fourth quarter Fox, but like that's not always going to be sustainable. So it's nice to see that everyone got involved. Um, everyone was hitting their shots with Kevin and Keegan. Uh, Sabonis, again, started off the game aggressive as well. Even Fox was very aggressive in the first quarter, I thought, too, which is normally not like him either. He usually doesn't get going until at least the second quarter. So um, I think it was a perfect situation kind of to see how they were going to look without Fox to get these guys, other guys stepping up and going. And then now Fox coming back. I think it was just a perfect time for him to insert himself back into this game. And I think it's a yeah. good thing that we won't need fourth quarter flux all the time. I think no. that's yeah. super important. And I and and I'm pretty sure he won't be winning the Jerry West Award uh, just because we won't need to do that anymore in being close games. Um, question for Pernil and, and anybody else. And and I'm not serious about this. We all know I love Davion to death. Um, but with the emergence of Keon Ellis. And knowing that we have Colby Jones, these are bigger combo guards that can defend and they could actually guard one through three um, and maybe small fours. Do they make Davion expendable? I think the biggest reason why Davion got benched in the first place was because he wasn't pushing tempo um, in that Rockets series, that mini series, who, by the way, look incredible. The Rockets have like three elite, elite perimeter defenders and they just swarm teams. Teams are shooting ridiculously bad against them from the three-point line. And that's not just due to luck. That's because they're really, really good. I just want to point that out. I know this is a King's pace, but the Rockets look amazing. Oh, no. We, um, we are – well, a few of us are, are Rockets uh, appreciators. And I will say also they did not have Amen or um, – who else did they not have when we played them? Tari. Yeah, Tari. they didn't have Tari. And it's like the fact that they didn't have those two monsters says everything about that team. For sure. They are going to swarm teams and building around Shangun, who's similar to Sabonis with his defensive limitations, they did the exact right thing. You have Fred Van Vliet, who's a defensive monster, especially with deflections. He led the league for like multiple years in Toronto. Jabari Smith, who is six foot ten, incredibly quick on the perimeter. And Dylan Brooks, who by the way, I thought got an unbelievable on a flag simply for being like a big yapper. Um, if you if I want to use that term, but 
he's a very good defender. I'll give him that. A man off the bench, Tari Eason, they're they're ridiculous. But the reason why Damian got benched in the first place was I think more of the offensive issues, not the defensive issues. Because the first thing Keon did when he got into the starting lineup was he pushed tempo. We'd gone back to running. With Fox out, we were the slowest team in the league. We were low and we had we were really, really bad at fast break points. We didn't run. We didn't do the things that have defined Mike Brown basketball, Kings basketball in the last two years or in the last year, which is you run tempo, you get into your sets quickly, and you get into your actions quickly. And we did neither of those things, uh, none of those things with Davion at the helm, which is why he got benched in the first place. I think Davion will get his chance later in the year, but as long as Keon continues to push tempo and continues to do the things that Davion can do on the defense side of the ball, which is defend, and obviously Keon can do a lot more since Keon can defend multiple positions, um, defend even wings pretty well, which I thought, I think Davion, even for as active he is on ball, struggles to do at times, especially when guys can just shoot over him. I think Keon will keep the job simply because he's pushing tempo, he's getting us into our sets quickly, and he's running the offense at a pace that is acceptable for what this team needs to do, which is utilize our speed, utilize our motion ability, and get into our sets as quick as we can. So quick question then, because since Kia's on a, Kia on is on a two-way contract, how many games is he allowed to play? 50, like, right? Is it 50? Yeah, I, I, they'll shift things around. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, because I think they're like going to have to make that call. That call, I can't talk about it, Jesus Christ, that call quicker than like, uh, you know, quicker um, because he's doing so well. And I think he's definitely earned his way into the rotation because like shout out to freaking Skylar May from Portland. Like he got a, he got a full NBA contract now um, after that game that they played against us, I think. So that's just like, yeah, Keon, I think definitely deserves. And again, I agree with Pernil that um, Keon got inserted into that spot because he was pushing the pace. And unfortunately, Davion just wasn't doing it. Yeah, I think that he might get it if he continues playing like this. I think he should get it if he continues playing like this because, I mean, obviously sample size is very small. Obviously, I think Davion does deserve another chance, but Keon looks apart. Keon is going to do the things that he needs to do on the defensive end that I highlighted, which is get the hustle stats, deflections, get after the ball at the point of attack. And he also makes up for um, what Davion doesn't do well, which is push tempo, get into our sets quickly. And I think if he continues doing what he's done in the last three games, he'll keep his, I think he'll keep the back job, backup job. And I think he'll get his contract guaranteed. Yeah, I hope so. And uh, yeah, we'll see. What's up, Al? Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, I just want to chime in and say the the defense this year has been great. Um, I think so many people last year were saying if the Kings could just have an average defense, like top 18, top 15, then we would be, you know, considered contenders. And so far this year, I, I don't. I'm driving right now, so I don't have any numbers in front of me. But um, I think we're we're close to top 15 right now. Keegan has been excellent. Uh, obviously, he had minutes against Steph when we w- played the Warriors and we lost. But then he played a lot of minutes against um, Donovan Mitchell tonight. And I think Donovan Mitchell finished with something like 25 points, but it was on 20 or 22 shots, something like that. Um, So not a very efficient game. And somebody made a great point earlier that, you know, Keegan guarding quick, small guards and doing a good job, you know, might have a lot to do with him uh, spending a lot of time with uh, De'Aaron this summer. Um, 
and uh, yeah, and in terms of um, uh, Davion's value, um, you know, I think his value kind of peaked in the uh, playoffs last year. Um, I, I started thinking about trades a lot differently a couple of years ago when I was I was playing around with stocks a little bit. And, you know, you always want to uh, buy low and sell high. And I think Davion's value peaked last last year in the playoffs and i'm just afraid that his value is just going to keep dropping and dropping to the point where we're not going to be able to get anything for him so i think the best thing probably for him and for us is to find a deal that makes sense um because i just think you know colby is unfortunately probably already a better you know point guard slash playmaker than davion uh keon is taller than davion and he's you know he's more equipped to you know, guard multiple positions and he can also, you know, play point guard. So yeah, Davion feels really expendable right now. I think we should probably try and look to move him before, you know, he loses any more value. I don't think he's, he's probably not worth a first round pick anymore. He's, I mean, maybe we can try and get like a, you know, him and a first round pick for Caruso or something like that. But, um, yeah, otherwise, you know, a great win tonight and um uh, looking forward to the game on Wednesday. Yeah, 100% and glad you agree. Thank you, Al. Have a good night. Um made our Monday better. Fantastic. All right, guys. Take care.